San Antonio, where the Wizards just lost 132-119, where they literally have not won a basketball game this century, which is wild. I'm Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I'm here with my colleague, Jabari Young, who covers the Spurs for The Athletic. And last time that they won here, December 11, 1989, and I saw this graphic. Bluetooth was just announced. The NBA salary cap was $34 million, and I think Missy Elliott had one of her top hits. Troy Brown was six months old. <laughs> That's the last time they won here. Mitch Richmond and uh, Jawan Howard were off the hook in that game. Uh, but that was, that's phenomenal. I mean, I, I didn't even – I knew it was a long time since they won here. But, man, that's 19, 19 straight times now. Just, and they had a chance to win this game because the Spurs were not up to par defensively. So I think Wizards just had a blown opportunity here. They're going to go two decades <laughs> without winning in a city. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. I know. 1999, right? So that was for Tim Duncan's rookie year, I believe it was, then in that run of time. That was, no. Yeah. No, because they dropped in 97. Right, 97. You're right. So the Wizards might That was not, the year after they won the title. Right, after they won the title. And, and so you're thinking they're undefeated in this building in the AT&T Center because that game was played at the Alamo Dome. So the Wizards have not beaten the Spurs in the AT&T Center yet. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> that's, so, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. They had... So they hadn't ever won a game in Oklahoma City right? until this year they won in Oklahoma City. It was the first time they won there. They lost like 10 straight to start in yeah. Oklahoma City. Now it's like this thing. is yeah. like yeah. This one is absurd. Anyway, they lost 132-119. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge had 39-6. and six. He, was, he was really good tonight. Yeah. Um, Bradley Beal had 21-4-7, and seven, but he was a minus 29. Thomas Sadoransky was really, really good. He had 21-9-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. He was a plus one in a game that they got blown out and lost by 13. And it wasn't like one of those blowouts where they just got killed all the way through. Spurs really pulled away at the end. They seemed like they had control in the second half, but I didn't feel like they were absolutely destroying them. It just kind of kept bobbing back and forth between like a seven-point game and an 11-point game for most of the end of the third quarter and then into the fourth where they really, really killed them at the end of the fourth. The Wizards' defense was just... Both teams' defense was really yeah. bad. The Wizards' defense was just worse. Well, you, you know, you, you can look at a couple of things in this game, a couple of moments that stood out to me, which is why I think the Spurs won it. A, Greg Popovich coached, and and he teached tonight. Uh, you know, first possession, you know, it was a mix-up between, you know, Paul Gasol and, you know, I think it was uh, Derek White they were showing. Brent Forrest was the guy who was supposed to come, leave his guy in the corner and help at the basket, forgot the rotation, and... For, right after that possession, Greg Popovich called a timeout. And he 16 ran, seconds in. Rams on his team. Like, get it together. Then it was another time where Forbes and Davis Bertans just weren't on the same page, and that led to a wide-open three. I think it was Thomas who hit that, and another timeout, and another, you know, listen, what are you guys doing? Rudy Gay gets reamed. I mean, tonight you can just tell Greg Popovich, this is one of those games coming off of a back-to-back. You win in New Orleans, a place that they haven't really had that much success at. Uh, so I think that this was one of those games Greg was like, listen, we need to win this game. You're going to have off tomorrow for practice when then Phoenix comes in here. When you're playing these type of teams that you should beat because you're, quote-unquote, the superior team, um, I think this is, these are the games that Greg Popovich really, really – because they can't allow this game to slip. You lose this game, that can bother you in the Western Conference. So uh, – and then – and the second half, I thought it was anybody's game. You know, the, the Wizards had that beautiful second quarter, 43 points. Most of the Spurs have allowed all season in that quarter. And, you know, then you can just tell from the from the gate – 
the Spurs were just a little bit more crisp, especially at the end there. Then the Wizards started to trade baskets at the end. I'm like, you're down 16 points. You can't be trading baskets like this. And the defense, as you mentioned, just was never there. Uh, but I thought the Wizards had some opportunities. They had some opportunities to win this game or at least, you know, put the Spurs on their heels a little bit. But the closeout quarters, they got to do a better job. I think the Spurs ended that third of 13-4 or four run or something like that uh, and was able to just kind of hold on to the end. Yeah, that kind of did it for them. The yeah. Wizards in that, that second quarter, I mean, they were so good. They were. In that yeah. second quarter, they were so good. They they were moving the ball so well. Brooks went to this lineup with three ball handlers, which mm-hmm. he normally doesn't really do, which is, uh, what was it? It was Sadoransky, Jason Randall, and Troy Brown yeah. as those guys, and then Porter and Jeff Green. And they were moving the ball so well, it was all off of driving kicks. Mm-hmm. The Spurs kept rotating late. Somebody ended up kicking to somebody in the corner. And that guy in the corner was just finding the guy on the wing. Yeah. who was finding another guy on the wing. And they ran that like three times where they just did those exact things when the Spurs were late rotating and ended up getting wide open threes. And they didn't make every they, – they were hot too. Like they were hitting oh, yeah. shots. They had 24 points in the first five minutes of that quarter. They were crazy, crazy hot. Don't get me wrong. But they were getting good looks. It's yeah. not like they were just chucking up junk and, and crap was going in. Yeah. Like yeah. They were they were hitting good, clean, catch-and-shoot looks and looks at the rim. And that's all it was. It was really, really beautiful offense yeah. on a lot of those plays. Like, really pretty ball movement offense. I think that starts with Sadoransky, who played a great game, and who's always been a guy who is a one of those people who you look at and he has eight points mm-hmm. and four assists and two rebounds. You say, you know, he played a lot better than his line. And now he's starting to look for his own shot and put up numbers. Tonight he had 21, 9, and 8. Yeah. He had his first career triple-double yeah, He was impressive. a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. He's an upcoming free agent. Like, he's going to get paid. Oh, yeah, he was playing like this. He's, get, he's getting money. Well, Washington, he did. Washington can't get let him go. I don't know what – I know their cap situation is hell with, you know, three players making over $100 million on the team. But these are one of those guys that you look at the, the Trevor Ariza types, you know, when Houston let him go. These are type role players that, you know, may be important for your future, especially when they decide what's going to happen between John Wall and Bradley Bill because that duo, they just – I don't think they can come back. I mean, Washington has to find a home – uh, for one of those guys. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, And getting back to this game, this is one of the few games where the Spurs were actually dominant in the paint. You know what I mean? And I guess that goes back to Washington's interior defense. But LaMarcus Aldridge was playing bully ball with them down there all night. This is one of the first games that he actually looked comfortable. And I don't know if it was because Paul Gasol was playing that center spot and he got to go back to his power forward spot. But, um, you know, this is one of those dominant games for him. I've said all along that I didn't think that he was going to make the all-star team, that I thought the Rosen, if you look at the entire season, triple-double, double-doubles, you know what I mean, hitting big shots, that maybe he'll get the nod. But I think LaMarcus is making a case for himself. Like, dude, hold on, big fella. Like, I'm still here. Um, and, and a game like tonight where he plays so well like this, I think that might just kind of give him the edge because obviously, you know, coaches are going to decide who the reserves are. So um, that, 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 this game tonight, was this is, this is going to be an important one. Yeah, and what, one of the things that, like, really worked to Aldridge's advantage is that – so Jeff Green was guarding Gasol, and you have yeah. to put – you have to put um, Thomas Bryant, Bryant on him. Yeah. On him. And, and Thomas Bryant, you can bully Thomas Bryant. Yeah, he's I, 21. <laughs> he's 21, and he's skilled, and he's got good potential, and he's going to be a good player. He's yeah. already a good offensive player. Yeah. But you can bully him. Hassan Whiteside has done it, Embiid has done it. Strong bigs with big butts who can yeah. go at dudes yeah. like Lamarcus Aldridge, yeah. like 
those those Phil Jackson types yeah. of guys. Well, you said you know? he's, he's 21. These are the type of young yeah. guys that LaMarcus picks on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He did the same thing. He loves playing like uh, out in uh, L.A. when I was out there. Montrez Harrell was another one. You know what I mean? And Montrez it's is a funny. I, I just compared Thomas Bryant to Montrez Harrell. Yeah, and, and LaMarcus feasts on guys like that. They are not afraid of the contact, but he's just better at it. And he he feels them, and he's like, oh, this is right. just his money. You know what I mean? So and when Harrell, a smaller guy's defending him, he, he it, they tend to get in his head a little bit because he can't feel them on his shoulder. But a guy like Thomas Bryan and Mar- Montrez Harrell, when they stick in Lamarcus, I just almost feel like, man, this is one of those games that he wants. He loves those type that type of contact. And Harrell's a good player. Yeah, yeah. And Harrell's an extremely high energy. Very explosive, player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's a really good athlete. Absolutely. And he's a, a really he's got an incredible motor. He's not a great defender. Yeah. But he's got an incredible motor and he plays crazy hard. And one of the reasons why I think he's a little Thomas Bryanty, I think he's kinda I think Thomas Bryant is kinda like a less athletic Harrell on the offensive mm-hmm. end with the with kind of his motor and I think they're similar types of rebounders and yeah. they don't really box out very much and they also Bryant doesn't really jump over people, but he just plays harder than most other people. And so in the regular season when you're playing teams on the second nights of back to backs and sub five hundred teams in February and March, like you're yeah. going to get rebounds yeah. if you kind just of like play harder. Kind of for retype, you know. Like I yeah, always compare guys like that. One of my favorite players that ever come up was Reggie Evans, you know. And I love Reggie's hustle. Yeah. You know, I mean, he would just grab everything that was in the air. You know what I mean? So those type of hybrid type forwards, you know, one of the guys who I was so disappointed, and because I thought he really could have been one of those type guys was uh, a guy who I covered up in in uh, Portland, and he got traded. And Thomas Robinson. I thought Thomas Robinson had that same exact type of skill set. He just never bought into it. Uh, and you know, yeah, he, he would he would like ISO at the elbow. Yeah, he was yeah. trying to be offensive. I'm like, dude, you just can rebound, clean up. You can get about 10, 15 points just off of cleanups and tappings alone, and just go out there and just grab everything. And you're going to get paid if you just buy into that role. You know, when, when I was writing for Bleacher Report and I was covering the Nets, yeah, and they signed him. I wrote a story that summer about because a lot of people thought Thomas Robinson's career was was basically over and mm-hmm. that he wasn't going to do anything. And I wrote a story. Funny you say this because I wrote a story basically saying he can be good. Yeah. If he decides to be Reggie Evans, absolutely. And that was the premise of the story. Like if he just decides I'm going to go after loose balls, I'm going to be a killer screen setter. I'm going to grab because he was an insanely talented rebounder. Mm-hmm. He's like I'm going to grab every rebound. I'm going to play my ass off on defense. And I wrote this thing of, like, Thomas Robinson is better than you think. His career is not over. Yes. And Thomas Robinson called me out on Twitter for writing that story and was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I think the fact that Thomas Robinson interpreted that story as a slight on him, saying he's not good enough to be a top player on a team and doing that, is exactly why Thomas Robinson played that. He's out of the league, you know, exactly. And it's like, and maybe, you know. And I thought it was such a positive story, you know. But the stuff like that is. But that just lets you know, like, and listen, I love Thomas Robinson. You know, covering him up in Portland, good guy. But I was always saying to myself, dude, if you can just buy into the role that they have for you, you're going to be something special. But I think I call it the case of the high drafted. You know, you guys drafted too high thinking they're too good to do X, Y, and Z, and they want to do A, B, and C, and they want to do their way. Um, and so it's like, yeah, man. And I, I, if that dude would have just developed into like that Reggie Evans type, he'd have still probably been in the league today, and he's, he's, he'd have been getting paid. I mean, I'm telling you. He's, he was that he had that much potential if he would have bought into those roles. Extremely close with the Morris yeah. Twins. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. They the hang out in Philly yeah. all the time, and I know the Morris Twins. And so it's like, you know. He, like, runs their foundation. Right. I mean, I'm from Philly, yeah. too, so I know they, they hung out all the time. And it's like, man, oh, man, if they could. Thomas, man. <laughs> I get mad at it. But like I, like you said, I mean, just one of those guys, he had the IQ. So I think Thomas, or Thomas Bryant 
And, and he looked good out there. He was running the floor really well. If he can develop, he's still young, so he's a lot to develop. But if he can make sure that he doesn't get outside of himself and allows himself to play the role, we just might have a good player in the hands. Yeah, and so it, it, with LaMarcus Aldridge, it wasn't just him tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought Aldridge is an underrated passer, I think. Oh, yeah. And, what, do you have four assists tonight? I think he had six. Six assists? Four assists. Yeah, six assists. Six assists. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that he was doing, even on plays where he wasn't getting assists, like the Wizards, so many guys were just falling asleep off the ball, mm-hmm. and cutters were just going yeah. by him. Yeah, he had one with Derek White, you know, that was at the basket. You know, that was early in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's become much better. The Spurs have changed up their spacing a little bit. When the beginning of the season, teams were just in Aldridge's head because he sent double teams at him all the time, and he couldn't get himself into a rhythm. Uh, and if you know LaMarcus, you know he needs to feel the ball. He needs to see a couple of shots go in in order for him to get into that rhythm. Uh, and so what happened was they were taking up that left block, and he was trying to play everything in the middle of the floor. And it just you could just tell that he wasn't in his own you – know, his game was just off. Then what happens? You know, Derek White comes back from injury. He starts a little bit. They change up the space, and now they have Brent Forbes rotating around. Anytime Aldridge gets it in the post and they fear a double's coming, Brent's right there. You double. We got three-point shoes all over the, on the other side. Marco Bellinelli's over there as well. So they, they their spacing is much better, and I think Aldridge has really done a fine job at seeing guys, seeing where his teammates are, reading the plays better. Um, and you, you saw that tonight. You know, as you said, six assists, cutting, you know, guys cutting in. Uh, so credit to him. He's become much better at that over the last month and a half, two months. Uh, and, and you see his numbers are, you know, showing that. Yeah, I mean, the Wizards tonight just weren't staying in front of everybody, mm-hmm. like anybody. Whether they had the ball, whether they didn't, like those cutters, it wasn't like they were coming over and doubling, and then the guy no. who was there doubling was yeah. just reading the lane, right? And they were cutting into the right spot, and Aldridge yeah. was finding him. There were times where, like, Dudes just didn't realize who was there and didn't realize that a guy was cutting towards the basket and Aldridge was yeah. finding him. But there's a key stat on that stat sheet, and I'm going to let you point it out when I said, man, the Wizards blew this game. Because the, the Spurs usually don't do this, okay? But there's a key stat on there that you're looking and you're like, dude, y'all got this and y'all still lost? You know what I mean? And that just shows you that even the Spurs weren't, they weren't, you know, as crisp as they could have been. The uh, the turnovers? Turnovers. Turnovers and points off of them. You get 24 points against the Spurs off the turnovers. You've got to win those games. you got to take advantage of it. You know, I think they had about 12 in the second quarter alone, and they were hot from three. They were four or five from three in that, th- in that second quarter. Score 43 points. You get 12 points off of turnovers. You score 69 points. Spurs only scored. They got 70, but you got 69. You're all right there, Okay. You cannot waste games like that because the Spurs usually don't give you those many opportunities. And that's another reason why, another reason why Greg Powell was probably pissed off. Like, dude, we, this game could have been theirs if they would have executed a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, like I said, credit to guys like Dallas Batons, Patty Mills, Marco Bellinelli, who I feel like has the best pump fake in the NBA. I mean, he is that good today. Best pump fake in the NBA today. I mean, he's getting guys off the feet left and right because they're so scared that he's going to shoot. And, you know, I'm surprised people haven't bought into it yet. Like, yo, don't go for the first one. Uh, but, you know, those guys kind of stepped up and helped LaMarcus tonight because there have been a lot of games this season where LaMarcus would go off, have big games, and those other role players just wasn't hitting. And as far as might end up, they might win, but they might it might be close or they'll lose the game. Tonight, when you get Aldridge performing like that, plus the role players, Dallas Baton's a season high for him, it's usually a Spurs win. But, again, Wizards had the opportunity. Yeah, they did. They most certainly yeah. did. And, uh... I don't know. We got anything else? No, man. Think, no, yeah. but you know I do. Okay. I got a call out, man. I just found out that Davis Breton, leading the league in percentage, NBA percentage, a uh, three point, was he wanted to participate in the NBA 
uh, three-point contest and got stiff because apparently the NBA has a system and he was told that I guess, you know, he wasn't, he didn't attempt enough. And I'm thinking like, wait a minute, did Dirk and, and Seth do, what is this? What's going on? I think that if you're leading the league, if you've shot in, or if you've shot over a hundred threes and you're leading the league in three-point percentage, that should automatically get you into the contest. To me, you're leading the league in three-point percentage, and if you shoot enough of them, yes, you know, over a hundred to me is good. And he's a role player doing it, but understandable. But dude, he has to be there if he's leading the league in three-point percentage. He had a big game tonight. That's just a violation to me. I, I don't. I know how they do no, it. No, jo- no, Joe Harris there either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You got good three-point shooters that will really make the game fun. No disrespect to Seth Curry. I know he's going home. Even if you have the Curry brothers in there. Dirk is a legend, okay? He is a legend. But I don't know if he should be there. I just don't. I don't know if he should be there. I know he's had a lot of contests, but it's like time for these other young guys who are good enough to shoot for 3-2. I don't know, man. That's just That, that system doesn't seem legit to me. I so I had, I had this conversation with somebody recently so I, I i thought it was total bs that Dwayne wade could potentially be in the all-star game yeah it's just not fair yeah no if, because if 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 it costs d'angelo russell his one chance at making an all-star team right. or it cost ben simmons his a chance that would have been one of by the time he retires eight or nine mm-hmm. or whatever like we evaluate guys on how many all-star games they yeah. get or in d'angelo russell's case like this might be his one opportunity to do it and you're potentially taking that away from yeah, him absolutely I was super against that. With Dirk, my first reaction to Dirk doing three-point contests was like, okay, this is fun. Because for some reason, I just don't think of it the same way as three-point contests because nobody has their legacy evaluated on three-point contests. No, absolutely not. That being said, so I had a, a coach who has a stake in the game text me the other day that his guy not being in the three-point contest was total BS. Yeah. And, uh, and th- this guy has a valid case. He's a great three-point shooter. But, and he kind of said to me, he was like, Dirk's had 20 years to do this. Exactly. Like, he's had 20 years. Exactly. Nothing. He shouldn't be there. We love Dirk. This 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 guy wants to be there and deserves to be there, Absolutely. and he's not going to be there because Dirk is and there. Dirk missed half the season. Come on. And I was like, you know, I, I, it's, I was like, you know, for some reason, I think it's different with the three-point contest, but I can't disagree with their logic because I used it all for the All-Star game yeah. with Wade, so I, I can't disagree with their logic. And you did it with Bradley Bill. I saw the, what you wrote, why you voted for Bradley Bill to be a starter. And you had your own reasons because I actually voted for Damian Lillard to start over Steph Curry. Nothing against Steph, but Dame has played 45 games. Portland has been there. Steph missed a lot of time. Now, he is good. Now, he's going to get an end off because of popularity, but look at what Dame is doing there. He's back, practically played every game and got and held his team in it. He's been great. He's been great, you know, and he I'm deserves sure. that opportunity to be there too. So, you know, shut up, Siri. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I, nothing against I love Dirk, and I've, I've, I've loved covering. But and to me, you just can't do this. Like, come on, dude. There are a lot of other young guys out there. And as you said, when is a guy like Joe or Davis Bertanzo or any of those young guys who have shot enough, okay? And I said, if 100-plus should – especially as a role player, 100-plus should get you some type of consideration. But to put Dirk in just because it's Dirk, if this was in Dallas, the All-Star game was in Dallas, all right, cool. That's why I I, I get the Curry brothers. They're both in North Carolina, whatever. I understand. But come on. Come on, man. Come on. That's not fair. It's not fair. It's fair. (laughs) It's a fair point. No, I mean, your point is Yeah, I know, yeah. It's a fair point. Uh, Before we go, Wizards fans, don't get distraught. 
this is not a bad loss. The Spurs are good. No. They're on the road. The Wizards have a pretty easy schedule right now. They play in Cleveland on Tuesday. If I make it back from Cleveland alive, I'll be podcasting there. It's so cold there. Yeah. It is absurd. It's like 70 degrees here today. Sorry, brother. Oh, it's so <laughs> ni- it was so nice today. I went for a nice yeah. walk around San Antonio. That, see, this and is the games, just the times that you hate having to cover an NBA game on a Sunday at 6 o'clock when it's like <laughs> 70 degrees outside. Come on. I know. At least make the game. Now, I understand why they couldn't do it this time because the Spurs won a back-to-back, and, you know, they played at 5 yesterday. But come on, make this game at 2 o'clock or so. Why can't the NBA just make these games there? So what, you're going head-to-head against the Pro Bowl. Nobody's watching the Pro Bowl. Nobody's watching the Pro Bowl. Make this game at 2 o'clock on a Sunday and let everybody enjoy the day. I disagree. Why? I'd rather it be later than earlier. No, man, I want it to be... Listen... This is Sunday. It's still Sunday. Monday, you got to work. You know, you, you got to, you're preparing for the week. You know, spread. we got chats and other stuff we got to work on. I'm trying to enjoy the rest of this evening on Sunday. It's a beautiful day out. Come yeah, exactly. On. That's why I'd rather have the day. If it's at 2 o'clock, you're getting to the arena at noon. Okay. Uh, how about this? You're out, you're out at like 5. Yeah, your you're whole, out at your 5. Whole, your whole actual day is gone. Yeah, but, but your whole evening is gone too. You know what I mean? Now, I understand what you're using. Good point. So here's my other suggestion. Just don't have an NBA game on a Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> okay, until the playoffs. Or well, have the one marquee game on ABC like you always do. But as, as you can always tell, the NBA does everything with the interests of the beat writers in mind. Yeah, exactly. And, no. and not at all with the interests of the fans or the players or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. It's purely players the love writers. these games, though. Even at 6 o'clock. You can get out of here earlier and everything. I guarantee yeah. you, or as we're talking... Before you, when you're hearing this podcast, the Marcus Officers are probably still getting dressed. You know what I mean? They, <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not three hours waiting for them. I'm good. I'm good. So uh, the Wizards play in Cleveland on Tuesday. They got Indiana after that. That's obviously a little bit of an easier game now that they don't have Victor Oladipo, but it's obviously not an easy game. They've been good without Oladipo this year. Uh, they got the Bucks after that, so a little bit of a tough stretch. But they're in the midst right now of 13 games, eight of them against teams that are currently sub-500. Uh, so... They've, they've beaten every sub-500 team so far during this. They've got some opportunities to make up ground and, and maybe get closer to the eighth seed heading into the All-Star game. Uh, I think – I talked to a lot of people around the league. And pretty much Everybody thinks the Wizards have a pretty good shot at getting that eighth seed with the way they're playing now. And yeah. they've still won eight out of 13, and they're, they're playing okay. So I don't think there's much concern about this loss. They played really badly defensively, but they've been a top-10 defense since John Wall went down for the year, and that's been a month now. So I think – I don't know. They just they lost to a team that's better than them on the road in a place that they apparently absolutely cannot win uh, on the on you know a third game in in four nights. It's not not the biggest deal in the world. Yeah, they lose. it was anybody's game, as we said before. Yeah. And you know, and, and uh, it might be in their heads now to losing streak. Scott Brooks even said, hey, "I didn't want. I don't want to talk about it." Uh, but I like what I'm seeing from the Wizards now. I mean, much better play. You know, and you retweeted. It was a couple possessions where they were moving the ball so good in order to get through a Spurs defense on possession, you have to make sure that you take advantage of all the ball moves. You have to get them moving side to side. Up, you got you to gotta move them around, and I thought they did a phenomenal job on a few possessions of that. And like I said, this is a game that you shouldn't feel bad about. They should They lost. They had opportunities, but they played enough. Both defenses wasn't there, they depended on offense. They played well enough where they could have stole this one in San Antonio. So, you know, now they'll just have to wait till next year to break the streak. And maybe Greg Popovich is wanting to be around. There you <laughs> so, go. Uh, plug your stuff before yeah. we go. Jabari J. Young. You know, Jabari J. Young, I saw the Twitter. Um, and 
when Fred retweets my stuff, you'll know me more. <laughs> <laughs> and follow Jabari's stuff. It does great work at The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to The Athletic because we have an incredible roster of NBA writers, yeah. of baseball writers. I don't really follow NFL that much anymore, but from what I hear, we have an incredible roster of NFL writers too, and I tend to believe that's correct because everything yeah. else that I read is been amazing. Yeah. Um, and we want to get paid too. Don't, don't lie about that. Damn we straight we want to get paid. <laughs> subscribe. You can either subscribe or I can give you my address and you can just mail me $5 a month exactly. each month and that'll be fine too. Subscribe Absolutely. to Wizards After Dark also on iTunes and give us five stars and leave a, leave a review if you're feeling good about that. I'll be back, like I said, on Tuesday in Cleveland. We'll see if I have a guest or not. I probably will. Uh, I'll talk to you guys then.